Hello, Amsterdam. Welcome to the first episode of Uva Radio News. I am Michaela and I'm here today with Niall. Hello, Michaela. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. How are you? I am doing pretty well, thank you. I'm Good. very excited for finally starting this podcast. Uh, we've yeah. had a lot of troubles. But we're but finally on the airwaves. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to bring you to the Middle East, then here in the Netherlands, and uh, incredibly to outer space with a nice trip to Venus and um, and then some wildfires and climate change uh, apocalyptic uh, views. So first of all, let's look at this uh, new Middle East, uh, the Middle East news. Sorry, guys, I can't speak sometimes. So we have the um, Bahrain, which is a country of a monarchy in the Gulf countries. So in the Middle East, uh, that is very close to Israel and the EAU. Uh, actually, in English, it's not AO, right? It's, no, it's uh, UAE. UAE, yeah, right? United Arab Emirates. Un- yeah, right. I always um, mess it up with Italian. What's what's the Italian? AO. But what's the acronym? Emirati Arabi Uniti. Oh, that sounds yeah. much better, I think. <laughs> yeah, me Maybe too. we'll just stick with that. Yeah, right. So uh, basically, Trump mediated this accord between uh, Israel and Bahrain and uh, last month, so like 20 days ago or something, with Israel and the AO. And um, they agreed to a peace deal, so starting commercial flights, uh, being able to fly in their country space, in their national space. And it's quite a big deal because uh, uh, the last country to recognize Israel was uh, Jordan, and it was in the 90s. So it has been 20 years since then. And it looks like more of uh, Middle Eastern countries, mostly the monarchies of the Gulf uh, areas, will probably start this deal. Also Saudi Arabia which would be a really big deal because these are all monarchies that are against um, mainly Iran, like socialism, and it looks like this is the main uh, um, goal for them. Also, Israel is very much against Iran. Right. And the US as well. So, so are they are they almost trying to, is Israel hoping to, and America, hoping to unite the kind of... Uh, Sunni countries yeah, in a block definitely against Iran. Okay. Yeah, maybe not in a military way, but more of like, you know, or just the concept of having this strong block. Uh, it's yeah. already quite intimidating, especially yeah. because Palestine has the strong support of Iran, but that's about it, you know. And how, I mean, it, it would seem that in order to get this collectively, these Arab states have had to overcome the very difficult question of Palestine. Yeah. And, you know, stepping back from uh, Shia and Sunni and and all of that stuff, ultimately one of the things that stopped them from becoming friendly with Israel in the past is Israel's continued occupation of Palestine. How have they managed to get past that? I really struggle understanding this as well because uh, there has always been this kind of philosophy that uh, Arab countries should unite in this pan-Arabic uh, yeah. ideal. And now it's it's not going to happen anymore, clearly, because you see a straight division between the, the two. Yeah. And I think that simply the Gulf countries are more interested in uh, having economical advantages, especially because they're going to get a lot of weapons from the deal mediated by the US. And Gulf countries are always very interested in, you know, new airplanes, new yeah, yeah. new things like yeah, that. Yeah. So and yeah, they probably don't really care so much about Palestine at the moment. Which yeah. is a share, you know, it's almost a kind yeah. of pragmatism and their own interests leading them to kind of uh, step around what for a long time they've stated as their ideals. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it also a bit saddens me that 
They're going against Iran. I mean, I know Iran is a dictatorship and everything. It's not a, the best place uh, to be in at the moment. Mm. I mean, it's actually a republic, but it doesn't look so much like a republic. Sure. But, uh, you know, uh, Iran was okay with the US until 2015, but then Trump broke the nuclear deal. So this re-brought the tensions back in the surface. So I'm yeah. wondering, Trump is so much a bit about peace, but... Mm. Is he really? Yeah. I mean, because uh, he wouldn't, if he was really about peace, he wouldn't have assassinated Soleimani. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean... It's a big question mark, the Middle East. It is, it is. And I guess there's the debate is over whether or not having this strong block of Gulf states would make Iran think twice about doing anything militarily that might lead to war or conflict. Yeah. Or if it's a provocation, you just don't know how Iran's going to react to this. exactly. But I don't think they're very happy with the New Deal. No, I'm sure they're not. Um, What's in it for Trump? Why is he brokering this? Mm, I think he kind of wants to be seen as a peacemaker. And uh, I think he's trying to get some big, um, big things scored down before the elections. Right. A few wins amongst his many, many losses. Yeah, because even Biden praised him about it, you know. So that's, that's actually really big. Yeah. I mean, I guess there is... It is it is a step towards peace. And whether or not you think that peace might lead to more war, yeah. that's something we don't know yet. Yeah, and exactly. I guess you it's okay to be glad that they're talking and that diplomatic relations yeah. are opening up. That never feels like a bad thing. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. So we will see. Okay. But, uh, you know, fast things can change. Yes, indeed. In yeah. situations. So then we're moving to the Netherlands um, and to this new case about Zwarte Piet and racism. This is not a news in the Netherlands. You know, every year the debate <laughs> starts to open up around yeah. this time. Yeah. Do you do you know what Zwarte Piet is? Yes, uh, Black Piet. He, he is Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas. Yeah, Sinterklaas. Uh, Santa's helper, um, but is often portrayed by white people in blackface in a very stereotypical caricature of a black person like red lips and obviously um, black paint on the face. And it's there are very obvious reasons why that could be taken badly by those who think that blackface in in any scenario is racist. Yeah, exactly. And now the debate has reopened because Akvazi, this artist, rapper, I I don't know how to define him actually, uh, during a BLM protest in June, the one that was in Dam Square, he said that he wanted to kick... Which I want to remind is a fictional character, right. not a real person. And um, and then these forty people said that he was uh, instigating violence, so yeah. um, he went to trial. He was found not guilty. Really? What did the? What was the verdict? Why, what was the justification? Uh, probably because it's a fictional character and it's not aiming at uh, you yeah. know doing violence to a real person yeah, or yeah, threatening okay, someone exactly. But yeah. then the judge. Working the the case was demoted because she was found that she was working with an anti-racism organization, so she was not impartial. Okay. But she was also working on other cases that are now just abandoned in the in the Dutch courts. Well, so, that's strange. Yeah. And I guess it's I, I understand why you need to in the courts you need to make sure that neutrality you've yeah. got neutrality. But would it have would it would a different judge have come to a different conclusion? I don't think so. I think it would have been very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Because as you say, it's like saying exactly. I want to punch Harry Potter in his stupid <laughs> face. Yeah. You can't can't go to jail for that. Exactly. And then uh, because people are comparing this to what happened to Herfielders that a few years ago he said that 
all Moroccans had to leave, like um, something crazy. Like it was uh, clearly racist, uh, right? But he was he was found guilty of instigating violence. Uh, so people are comparing it to, but clearly saying I want to. Kick Swartipit is not like yeah, saying, uh, but I do understand the argument on the other side, which is because uh, Swartipit. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm going to ever pronounce that well. I'll just <laughs> say Black Pete, because Black Pete is someone that a lot of people dress up as every yeah. year. You can understand why yeah, yeah. there's a hesitancy. It's like, well, if you're saying kick the fictional character, it's quite easy to find someone dressed up as that fictional yeah. character and let's not escalate this to violence. Yeah, exactly. But Agbaz has always been quite active with this anti-racism thing. So he probably also said this, these things in a mo- moment where he was very much, uh, you know... Sure. On fire, sure. kind of. Yeah. And where is where is the overall debate with Black Pete now? Uh, we don't know. Like um, you know, now it has been banned from Facebook and social media. Oh yes, so, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. that's quite a step. Uh, which means that Facebook is actually taking a political stance mm. in the debate. It's not something to ignore, actually. No, no, it's an interesting precedent. But uh, yeah, if maybe ten years ago people were quite against, were quite pro Zvartipit, so they didn't see the problem. Now with the years, it's getting different. I would say it's a fifty-fifty now in the Netherlands. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but uh, about Netherlands, I don't know if you are <laughs> noticing that it's really warm. Yeah, I've been outside today. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's very strange. Yeah. It, this is where are we middle of September it feels like we should be getting to autumn but you know I felt like I was yeah. getting a bit sunburnt on my cycle over here oh my god yeah so Irish of you though. yeah so Irish <laughs> of me yeah yeah um but yes that is disconcerting but I think overall all seems calm here in the Netherlands and when we're talking about climate change yeah. we only need to look to the rest of the world to see how uncalm even apocalyptic things can be yeah um so Thank you for the segue. Let's talk about the wildfires going on in Uh, America in particular. And, you know, America is the ones that we're hearing about the most. And I think part of that is because of the media likes to focus on America. It's a very interesting place at the moment. But I also think there are human kind of stories to come out of that. Homes being destroyed, lives being lost. But, you know, very quickly before we go into America, did you know that in Siberia at the moment... Um, about 11 million hectares of land has burnt since the beginning of this year. I had no idea. Yeah. 11 million. 11 million hectares. so much. And to put that in in contrast, in America, we're talking more or less about the entire West Coast. You've got California in the south through uh, Oregon and all the way to Washington on the the border with Canada. And that in total is about 2 million hectares. That's just crazy. So we're talking five times the land is just burning in Siberia. No one's talking about it. And then you've got the Amazon and everything, yeah. um, where there are currently fires now at the moment too. Yeah. Um, so it it does seem a little bit like the world is on fire. But let's have a little let's have a talk about this. So um, for those of you who don't know, uh, the wildfires in America are as bad and in some cases worse than they've ever been, and that's for a couple of reasons. The first one, of course, is climate change. So it's hotter than it usually is and it's getting hotter each year Mm. that means it's drier than it usually is there are storms with lightning strikes that are setting off fires um that kind of partly explains why the the fires are so widespread and why they're so difficult to control why they're they're spreading so quickly throughout these american states um but what was really interesting i listened to a really interesting new york times podcast about Mm -hmm. this where the presenter was talking to someone who 
went into a lot of detail about the economic factors uh, behind this. And they're very interesting too. So a really good example they gave is... um, takes place in a place called Sonoma County. It's a county just north of the Bay Area, so a few miles north of uh, San Francisco. In 1967, they had a massive fire there, and at the time, it destroyed about 100 homes. Okay. In 2017, there was another big fire, but crucially, a fire probably about the same size, the same intensity as the one in the 60s, but this time, nearly 5,000 homes were destroyed. Mm -hmm. So the difference there isn't the severity of the fire. It's also the the population of and course. the development in those areas just means that there are more houses, more people living side by side with these natural disasters. And it's really interesting because you've got, essentially, you've got the situation where in the big cities on the West Coast, LA, San Francisco, you've got huge homelessness problems. You have... Uh, rising housing uh, unaffordability. So there are lots of people who can't find a home. And the state governments are saying to rural communities, you need to build more homes. If you don't, we're going to stop funding That's you. That's just crazy. It's crazy. I didn't know about this yeah, at yeah. all. Yeah, so really. you have, you have uh, these small rural towns are left with very little choice but to build more homes. People move into those homes and those homes are being built on land which was undeveloped because it was next to fire zones. And yeah. That's why you're seeing such m- much more destruction of towns, of homes, people dying. So there's this weird um, kind of two different factors that are interlinking to make this particularly dangerous. And what what amazed me about it was the fact that even though these fires are sadly now a very regular occurrence. Yeah, of course. Every year. Every year. Every year. But every time that land and homes and towns are destroyed, they rebuild. Yeah. And it's this bizarre kind of... um, They kind of just... um, decided that they're going to live with them it's crazy it's crazy in the u.s it's like really an apocalypse now because then we have the south um southeast where yeah the hurricane sally is destroying everything uh, and then we have this new hurricane coming i think it's called temmy tommy something like that we're we're nearing the end of the alphabet yeah (laughs) exactly and scientists don't have any more names to give this year and we're only in alpha hurricane season so that's that's crazy yeah and it's it it, what is crazy is that in the middle of all this, with the South drowning and the West burning, Donald Trump can step up and say, it's not climate change. Yeah, he said it's going to get colder the other yeah. day. <laughs> what does he want to do about the storms? Has he got yeah. any ideas about that? Why are they suddenly appearing? Shoot the, shoot the storm, maybe. Yeah, it's bizarre. I You can only hope that, and I don't mean this to sound dark, but so many millions of Americans are being affected by this. You can only hope that they have now, having suffered the disasters themselves, they have enough evidence to to finally convince them that this is a real problem. And the president is an idiot and he should be ignored when it comes to this. Absolutely. Yeah. As well as most of the other things he says, let's be clear. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one thing to say is I personally have felt a kind of you know felt a lot of despair when you hear these stories and and you wonder what Same, to do. Yeah. Uh one thing you can do is that here in Amsterdam and if you're listening to this it's Sunday today Extinction Rebellion are holding a rally at Museum Plein. Yeah. Go down, join in, raise your voice and go to their website, the Dutch Extinction Rebellion yeah. uh, website. Ex- I, I can't remember what it is, but google it. 
and you'll find that they've got a lot more events coming up. Absolutely. There's one Friday the 25th. They're yeah. trying to instigate a World Climate Action Day. Get involved. Raise your voice. Political yeah, pressure absolutely. is is important. Yeah. So good. So necessary. Yeah. yeah, and it's something you can actually do that will make you yeah. feel like you are doing something because yeah. otherwise it can feel all a bit helpless. But there is no reason really to lose hope because even though the world seems to be uh, burning and, and going down <laughs> yeah. the toilet, don't worry, guys, we can all move to Venus. Have you well, heard about this? Yeah, I've heard. That's just crazy. Yeah, great story. Yeah. So, I mean, from a ne very nerdy point of view, this is wicked because we have finally, for the very that's, first time, yeah. found life outside of Earth. And the crazy thing is, no one really ever would have thought to look at Venus. Um, Venus, for those of you who don't know, it's not a nice place. Uh, incredibly yeah. hot. It's something like 400 degrees centigrade on the surface. The rain is sulfuric acid. <laughs> it's not exactly the kind of place you would um, ever think of sending mankind for a visit. However, what happened was they were pointing this radio telescope at Venus to test it. Okay. So that they could see, okay, let's set a benchmark with Venus because it's very nearby. We can get good readings and then we'll turn it to the rest of the universe and see what we can find. But what they got from Venus were hints of a gas called phosphine. Uh, have I said that right? Let me just double check everybody. Uh, yeah, phosphine. Perfect. <laughs> the interesting thing about phosphine is that it can only come from life forms. We're talking microbes, bacteria. Of course, but... But still, yeah. yeah so it only comes uh, from bacteria in uh, oxygen-free environments, which the atmosphere of Venus is. And the interesting thing is that Venus, up in the atmosphere, it might be really, uh, really hot on the surface, but... In the atmosphere, everything's quite nice and balmy. You get wow. between like 30 and 60 degrees centigrade. There's enough atmosphere to protect you from the radiation from the sun. So there's a great article in the BBC suggesting that in the near future, let me edit that, pot potentially in the very, very far future. Yeah, we could, exactly. Yeah, we could even build sky cities in the atmosphere of Venus and that live there like very a happily. That looks like a sci-fi I know, like, but you know, crazy. we've all been looking at Mars and figuring out how to get there. Venus is just around the corner. You could basically get a bus. That's crazy. I know, so good. Um, but yeah, on the real, I mean, this is wicked. It might be microbial. Not sure there are walking, talking, anal probing aliens up there. Of but course. There is life, and if there's life in Venus, there, there can absolutely be life elsewhere in the universe. And uh, keep, your, keep your ears and your eyes peeled, because NASA are now debating uh, sending a probe up into wow. the atmosphere that of Venus be, that would be great. to try and figure out what's, um, what's generating this phosphine. So, so we actually have neighbours. So we actually <laughs> have small, perhaps singular cell, tiny neighbours. That's great. Um, yeah. But it is, you know, it's some small comfort to know that we're not completely alone. Yeah. So it was nice to hear about these uh, new life forms in the yeah, universe. Yeah, a bit of good news. <laughs> but let's get back to Amsterdam and to the events that we have oh, this yeah. next okay, week. Okay, what have we got? So we have High Hallen, the 26th and 27th of September. A great spot if you need some cheap shopping. So it's this uh, the biggest flea market in Europe. It's in north of Amsterdam. So you just need to take the NDSM ferry, basically. And then you pay five euro entrance and you have oh, so many vintage items with vintage clothing, which is also very good to fight climate change because remember fast fashion is one Absolutely. of the main cause of carbon emission. So I really suggest you go give it a visit. And then we have this um, Yakutsi cinema thing. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, from the 19th of September to the 3rd of October. You basically sit in this Yakutsi and you're in a, in a cinema. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I, I um, jacuzzi. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yakutsi sounded like some sort of. I'm sorry. Like no, 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 no. <laughs> I just suddenly had images of like uh, some sort of Japanese theme kind of. <laughs> no, Jakuts is just Italian. You always uh, modify words. It still sounds better. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a great accent. Yeah, but it's at Amsterdam Cinema City Beach. Okay, nice. Yeah. And do we know what films they're showing? Uh, no, it's not written. I cannot find it. But you can look at their Facebook page. I see online cool. and uh, find the movies. And then we have Artis. Have you ever been to Artis? No, I haven't. It's the zoo. Oh, Amsterdam. right. Yeah, yeah. It's a very cool place. Yeah. They sell amazing puffer cheese, which is this mini pancake. Oh, pancakes. delicious. Yeah, it's very nice. That is open uh, every Thursday, Friday and Saturday night until the 27th of September. So oh, if you nice. want to experience some night life experience in a zoo, then that's But won't great. all the animals be asleep? Um, I have no idea, I guess so, but... Maybe you get given a stick so you can prod them awake <laughs> and just be like, yeah. talk to me. Oi, gorilla. <laughs> I, they don't have gorilla, they actually have a... I think they have a newborn something, I don't know, like a newborn hippo, but I'm not sure, oh, maybe cool. I'm confusing it with another zoo. Yeah, I probably, we should do a health and safety disclaimer and say don't poke. Yeah, large, don't large poke. <laughs> yeah, not only because it's mean, but also because they'll eat your face. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we're at the end of the podcast, we have the fan fact. Would you like to share it with us, Niall? Oh, the fun yeah. fact. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so this week's fun fact, and listeners, this is, uh, look forward to this every week, but this week's fun fact is, did you know that Donald Trump's doctor was so worried about his diet that he used to mash up cauliflower and mix it in with his mashed potato? So he couldn't see them. Yeah, that's, so he couldn't see crazy. them, but could still get some vitamins. Yeah, I do the same with my two years old brother. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so. and people often do the same with their pets as well. So that's that says a lot about more about my brother or about Trump? More I'm about Trump. Sure. I think that's totally legit for your two year old brother. <laughs> yeah. Less so for uh, late 60s, early yeah. 70s, president of the free world. Well, guys, we're done here and we will uh, see you, hear you next week. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Bye bye.